We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan and uh, Jed. Yeah, we're both we're both here. Uh, again, we want to say thank you for everyone who is tuning in. Um, it's been a while since we've really asked them to like respond. Yeah, interact with us. This yeah. is a good time for you when you're isolated. Interact with us a little bit. Yeah. So maybe share with <coughs> us where you like to watch these videos or maybe listen to the podcast. So is it you listen to them in your car? Maybe you go out to your hammock now that it's kind of nice in springtime and you sit back and you listen or you've got a spot in your I couldn't library. listen in the hammock because I'd be too busy sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've got a study space in their house or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So we'd love to know kind of where's your go-to to watch the videos or listen or different things like that. Be a great way to kind of interact and share some thoughts with everybody. So for this week's question, <laughs> we typically hear that the Word of God is a living thing. Like it's it's living, breathing. I think the verse goes sharper than two-edged sword. We'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Uh, but the question came through of when you are discussing the Bible. So like if you're teaching a class or you're talking to someone, would you say Paul writes to us or Paul wrote to us or even Jesus, Jesus says I should or Jesus said and then fill it in. So, so in other words, since the, since the word of God is living, should we speak of it as, as a present tense instead yeah. of a past tense? Yeah. Is it a quote, <coughs> historical past document sort of thing, or yeah. is it a current teaching that we use in the present tense? Well, the, the question is predicated partly on, a, on an assumption that's not true, and that is that Hebrews 4.12 is talking about the Bible, and we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Uh, in First um, Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. there's uh, a quotation from Isaiah, and it says, "All flesh is grass, and the glory of it as the flower of the grass. Mm. The grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever." Mm. And that's First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-four, and the first part of yeah. verse twenty-five. So the word of the Lord remains forever. Mm. Um, the, the idea in that verse, as well as some passages, other passages in the Hebrew Bible, is that God's word has, a, has an eternal quality in that if God promises something, mm-hmm. God always keeps that promise. Now, he may have promised it in the past. For example... He promised Abraham in Genesis 12, I'm going to make you a great nation. Mm-hmm. And he repeated that promise to Jacob. And when Joseph died at the end of Genesis, Joseph said, um, 
be sure and bring my body up when you come up out of Egypt because right. God promised Abraham we were going to come up out of Egypt. That's in almost the last paragraph of the mm-hmm. book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. So generations later, <clears throat> the power of that word that God spoke to Abraham in the past right. was still alive. Yeah, it was a promise that was reaffirmed over and over. Uh, look at uh, Deuteronomy 31, okay. verses 21 31, 31, verse 24, I think maybe it is. Let's see what that says. 24 to 26. Let's see. So when Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book to the very end, Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant to the Lord, take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Behold, even today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more before my death? All right, so he says, he finished writing the book, and he wrote mm-hmm. it past tense. But he said, I want you to keep it as a witness mm-hmm. for the future. <clears throat> um, in um, Isaiah 55, um Maybe about verse 9 or 10, my old fuzzed-up brain hadn't had enough coffee. <laughs> uh, something about rain and snow? Yep. Keep okay. Right when that starts. As the rain comes down, keep yeah. going. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. All right. The, the idea there was that the people in Isaiah 55 felt that they had been in wickedness and sin so long mm-hmm. that there was no way they could be forgiven. Yeah. <clears throat> but God had said, his word had gone out and said, that if they would return to him, he would forgive them and accept them and take them back. And yeah. and then he makes this statement, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, mm-hmm. and you know, my word will not return to me void. If God says he'll forgive us, he really means it. Yeah. And that promise is good yeah. from then on. So you can say that he, he said it in the past, but the power of what he said... Mm. It still continues. Continues, especially as it connects to God's promises. Okay. And the things that God says God will do. <clears throat> now, some of those promises are limited in scope. Hmm. For example, there were certain promises that were only given to the nation of Israel in the context of the Sinai covenant. God said, if you will do this, then I will do that. Well, that's right. a limited promise okay. based on an if. Yeah. See? And uh, in Jeremiah, you know, God promised to make a new covenant, Jeremiah 31. And it would be not like the covenant that he made at Sinai, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that promise was made 600 years almost before Christ, but that promise was still in effect when Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Right. Because the only place it talks about a new covenant that I know of is Jeremiah 31. Mm. So to Jesus in the first century, 700 years later, that word was still valid and that promise was still valid. And then Jesus in turn makes a promise there that would you say that's kind of a similar thing. He says, this is the new covenant that will continue. Well, he... He says, 
do this in remembrance of me, but that that word of Jesus is tagging mm. off of the promise that God made. So God right. really is going to make a new covenant. It really is going to be based on the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we can still trust in that new covenant. Okay. So, <clears throat> yes, we can talk about the writers as they wrote. Okay. Or we can, we can say that they write. But um, the fact that the word of God in its promises... Uh, and in its in its universal applications remains forever uh, is true. The questioner's assumption there is true, but she said the word of God is living. Let's get to that. Okay, so let's wrap up that other <clears throat> bit just real quick. Um, so if I'm teaching a class and I say Paul wrote, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not like limiting the scope. Or of, Paul writes because yeah. he's still. If if you're especially, you can say Paul writes to us, especially if you're talking about what applies to us mm. specifically. Yeah. Or I can say Paul wrote to the Corinthians or whatever. Yeah. 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 Because he did write to them, sort of thing. Sure. But okay. but I think we have a lot of people that think he wrote it to them and it doesn't necessarily apply to us at all. Mm. And they're missing the part that is applicable to all of us, which yeah. is the word of the Lord remains forever. So it's <coughs> so it, it there's not like a Bible answer to it's technically correct one way or the other unless there's a point when you're using it in order to limit the scope of Bible. Yeah, if, if it's meant to one group in a very narrow context and it's clearly not meant for other people outside of that context, mm. if the Bible makes that clear, then it, you know, that word does not go on for us. Yeah. But <clears throat> there are many messages from God that are clearly applicable to all people of all times mm. and they are eternal messages and those keep going. So Okay. So now I'll, I'll let you go now. What's what's it in the uh, Hebrews four twelve? Is that yeah, right? Hebrews four twelve? Okay, uh, was kind of the thinking basis of, and this is a very sharp lady that asked this question, but hmm. and and her assumption is correct that God's word has power all through time. But Hebrews hmm. four twelve, the word of God is living, is not about the Bible. Okay, it is about the living, risen Christ, and there are several ways we know that. In the context of Hebrews 4, it goes all the way back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, where he's talking about the Israelites in the desert mm-hmm. and how that <clears throat> they had received the promise of a rest in the land of Canaan, mm-hmm. but they had been unfaithful and God was angry with them and God, God uh, punished them in his wrath and said, you will not enter into my rest. Chapter 3, verse 11. And in yeah. verse 12, he says, you be careful, brothers lest there be in any one of you an evil, unfaithful heart in falling away from the living God. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later in the book, he, 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 in chapter 10, he encourages them not to fall away from God and says, our God is a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. You know, Just like mm-hmm. God punished the ones in the desert and they yeah. died there, he'll punish you. Well, if you keep reading the context of Hebrews 3 and 4, he talks about the fact that, like the, like the Israelites, we have a rest that has been promised unto mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, he says what? Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. All right, referring back to the Israelites. Right. All right. And then in... So he says, for yeah. the reason we ought to give diligence, like they should have given diligence, mm-hmm. and... 
continued all the way to Canaan. Yeah. For the word of God is living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, quick to discern, mm-hmm. underline that word discern, yeah. the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, discerning is a person type of thing. Yeah. A, only a person can discern. This, this word of God doesn't discern anything. Okay. It, it's, it's a message from God, but God himself discerns. God mm-hmm. himself looks. The capital W word of God discerns mm-hmm. the thoughts of man. Okay. And it says, for all things are uh, naked and vulnerable before his eyes. Mm-hmm. All right. His eyes. E-Y-E-S. Yeah. That's a person. Yeah. And then... And look it at, says to whom we must give account. Yeah, so. that's not the way I'd translate it. Because okay. look in my Bible. You see uh-huh. that word right there that's at the end of, and you know enough Greek to know what that word is. No, not, not by sight without a refresher. Okay, but. it's the word logos, which means. Okay, that's word. The word. And you'll notice here Hebrews There's chapter 4 logos. verse 12 starts yes. out with the word of God. Ah. And Hebrews 4 verse 13 ends up with the word. Yeah. So I would translate verse 13. All okay. things are, uh, every creature is uh, manifest before his sight and all things are naked and vulnerable before the eyes of this word with whom we have to deal. So the living risen Christ is our judge and the one watching over our faithfulness or unfaithfulness, just like the living God in the desert was the judge that was watching over the faithfulness and unfaithfulness of Israel. Yeah. Another thing is, You'll notice that it says he's sharper than a double-edged sword. Yes. Let's talk about that one for a second. Okay. Can I ask why some versions won't have the W capital word of God as in it's a person? Because they they do interpret it without looking at the larger context as the Hmm. Bible word. Despite them putting him as a person in the final but not in the first of verse 12. And and not (laughs) connecting that logos with this logos. Right. Okay. But let's don't get too deep in the weeds for our (laughs) listeners out there. Okay. Go to Revelation chapter 1 and keep Hebrews 4. Okay. Revelation chapter 1. We have a vision of the risen Christ. And he's called the living one. Mm -hmm. He's called that in Revelation 1 verse 18, the living one. Mm -hmm. Go to chapter 1 verse... uh, 16, it's describing the risen Christ walking among the churches. Uh, It says, in his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth, came a sharp two-edged sword. Wait a minute now. From his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. Does that ring any bells back here? Uh, It does. All right. (laughs) Now let's see if we can keep going over in Bolation, Revelation. Okay. Let's go over to Revelation 19. Okay. Revelation 19. This is definitely not the way this passage is used on a very regular basis. I know. I can't, <laughs> I can't help it. All right. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. The rider on the white horse mm-hmm. comes out, you know. Mm-hmm. He's called faithful and true. Now go down there to verse 13. And what does it say about that one riding on the white horse? It says he's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. Now that one has it capitalized. Uh-huh. And now look at <laughs> verse 15. Uh, it says from his mouth. Comes a sharp sword. Uh, interesting. Yeah. 
Interesting. So this word of God with a capital W is the one that's being talked about in Hebrews 4.12. That doesn't change the fact that the words, the message that was given by the word of God, Jesus, is still powerful throughout all generations because, you know, Jesus said, go make disciples. Yeah. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Yeah. You know, and um, Jesus spoke through his apostles, you know, and Peter wrote, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and his message through his prophets and his apostles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second Peter chapter three, verse one and two. And so what the questioner was asking is still true that the word of God has a power and a force that lives on through the generations, mm-hmm. as long as we're reading that word within its context and seeing the application of it, if it's a general application or if it's a specific mm-hmm. limited application. Yeah, and then I think if we bring <clears throat> it out bigger, it probably takes on a little more power and meaning if we look at it as the word of God is Jesus, who's the active person. Well, Jesus is the active person. Right, because I think that... And the Word of God itself is powerful as Jesus' instrument to rule over our lives. Right. I think that's where maybe I'll wrap it up and or at least toss you a final thought, comment, whatever. But sometimes we get really wrapped up in this thing is where the power is. Like, I have... It's only these things, but it's not... Jesus as in I need to live out Jesus I need to Listen, be Jesus this is the umbilical cord or the power cord mm. that connects us to the living God and the okay. living Jesus so if our focus ends with well th- if this I thing, just know these words and if I don't internalize them and connect with Jesus mm. through these words yeah then I lose the enduring power of God's word there we go because I think that there is a a thing that happens, whether you realize it or not, when you just go, okay, the Bible is where it all is, well, that stops you at a point. The Bible leads me to a real revel- a real relationship with the living God and the living Christ. Yeah. That's the power of God's yeah. word. It's definitely not saying it's an either or, or I can only follow one or the other. It's one is part of the other. One leads to the other. One. In if, if I if I get away from God's word, I unplug the power cord from God. Yeah, and if I only hold on to the power cord and never plug it in, well, it's just a power cord. There you go. Good ah, job. Ah. <laughs> You're not all bad. I try in not. In spite of what all your friends and family say. No, uh, I'm just kidding. He's a good know. man. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, It was kind of fun to start with uh, the basic question and if any of you have ever sent questions in a lot of times I'll reply back or we'll talk to people because sometimes there's a question but there's like a deeper thing behind it that maybe they didn't know how to word or they didn't have. Right. I thought this was a good one. Yeah it was a very good question to start with and then when we asked a little bit deeper we went "Ooh, ooh, that's a lot of fun to talk about. So As always, we hope that if you've got questions, you'll reach out to us. If you have further comments, let us know. Um, But don't be surprised if when you send a question, you might get a response back from me that says, hey, here's some things to think about and let us know. That way we can really refine the way that we answer things. Yeah, interact with us. We want to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely.
So thanks again for watching and let us know where you watch or listen to us. Uh, not like Facebook or something, but literally a physical place. Where are you listening? Have a great week. See you. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.